Welcome to the Dan and Kimberly podcast. We'll just press publish and walk away because that's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> we give people hope, Kimberly. We give people hope. In this wonderful podcast, Time to F.A. Kimberly Joy. <laughs> Number 11. Yeah. We made we're trying 10. something new. We're, we're going to try something shorter this time. Yeah, right? for all you short form enthusiasts. Yeah, right. A timer because we don't do that naturally. We, we've had a couple requests, actually. Yes. And so, I mean, maybe we're better at this. I don't know. Or, or maybe it just creates better, I don't know. Who knows? Let's Who just knows? try. Hey, let's fall forward. It'll be amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, what's our first topic then? So our first topic is um, when you're doing this personal growth journey, sometimes it feels like it's out of control. <laughs> I'm doing the things and like, maybe you're meditating, maybe you're, you know, gaining some ground in your business. Maybe you're, you know, really leveling up in your relationships. And then all of a sudden, like things start falling apart. Like, oh, I can see things differently. Why is my life falling apart? And I can personally attest to this because this is currently what's happening in my life. <laughs> but Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Isn't personal growth supposed to be improving the quality of our lives? He said facetiously. Oh, the quality. Ooh, that's a sticky one. What defines the quality of your life? Right? <laughs> Ooh. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's episode 11. We'll see you on tomorrow. Shorter. Told you. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> No, I think that that is an interesting question, though, because we do we do assume that if I do this work, it's going to be better, right? Like everything's going to be better. Well, it's called self help. Yeah, it's not called self, you know, uh, degrading of my life until it's a swirling hurricane of chaos and oh my goodness, where did all my stability and safety go? Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be a cool title for a bookshelf, but generally speaking, it's not called that. (laughs) Written by Dan Fay in two thousand twenty. (laughs) Yeah. Damn. <laughs> um, I think we do assume that it'll just get better. Like it's this um, trajectory of improvement constantly. And that is not always the case. Um, I was actually just reading, I'm reading, I'm going to brutalize his name, Joe Dispenza, his newest book called Becoming Supernatural. And he was just talking about that because he works with people to become more um, conscious through like really deep meditation and kind of some crazy woo-woo stuff. Interesting book if you'd like to read it. He's also on podcasts and stuff if you just want a short abbreviated version. But he was talking about these people who have these breakthroughs. They suddenly like see the world differently because they're becoming more conscious. They're, you know, watching their thoughts, watching their emotions. And they think that that means life will be better. And frequently what happens is they get fired or they lose a house or like all of a sudden these things happen that we tag as negative, bad, out of control. Wait a minute, what's happening? And his, his, um, his point of view is that that's actually what's supposed to happen. Like you weren't ready for that change when you were in that rinse and repeat life. And now that you are ready, these you're now a catalyst and your life is going to become closer to what you want it to be. So in the end, you get the trajectory of improvement, but it's not a a straight line. (laughs) We think it's like, I'm just going to get better every day. Well, and I mean, that's, 
which is interesting because there, to me, uh, there are things you can do in life which are kind of like that. Like what? Uh, so if you were attempting to like get better at a skill like guitar or playing piano or something, mm-hmm. it's a progressive realization of mastery, mm-hmm. um, which you can chart as a relatively straight line. Like there, there might be plateaus, mm-hmm. um, but the only time... So it's, it's interesting because you can also look at mastery as like that. Like I should always be getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times in that, sorry, I just had a thought while I was doing it, uh, that like <laughs> that isn't true either. Mm-hmm. so um you're learning to play soccer or tennis or golf or something and maybe you get to a certain level in the casual leagues or something you're doing and you ingrain all these like some of these good habits and some of these bad habits um and the people get trapped because um they basically like plateau on whatever level of challenge they were giving themselves mm-hmm. and then they have to go unlearn basically everything get a coach do something and then they go way back like way 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 like it feels like their entire golf everything they've learned like now they can can't do anything uh and it's like shouldn't i be you know progressively getting better and it's like well you wouldn't have been ready to have this amazing teacher golf guy be a hard ass about these techniques if you hadn't already like played and fell in love with the game right and so to me personal growth ends up being the same thing of like one of the things going back to previous podcasts of like loving yourself more, holding others more lightly, loving life is that you get more and more invested in your personal experience. Yeah. Um, And so you wouldn't have been ready. Like you wouldn't have been present enough. You wouldn't have had the clarity of your future enough. You wouldn't have had all those things to do the degradation and then like the rebuilding. Yeah. Um, And we frequently say that we're failing at that point. Totally. Yes, exactly. I should have just got this teacher the first time. Let me start adding. Let's let's just heap some self-doubt on there because that's always useful. Yeah, I think you're right. You just wouldn't have been ready. And we we under we undervalue that experience, those steps back, that unlearning process is actually super important in personal growth. And I don't know how many times I hear people say, I want to have arrived. I think I should be farther. Like, and those those kinds of thoughts, totally normal human thoughts. Yeah. Super not helpful. (laughs) (laughs) They just kind of slow you down even more. Whereas if you were to see that process of, oh, okay, so now I'm ready for this teacher who's basically going to deconstruct all of my golf game back to when I was 12 and rebuild it better. We want to like grieve and you can, or you can be like almost bittersweet maybe but celebrating oh i'm now ready for this level now i'm ready for this now this thing is happening even you say that i'm like oh that seems like tough like seems really demoralizing to be like maybe you should teach it because i'm in the middle of it i'm in the pool right now (laughs) everybody going oh this is scary i don't want to do this thing right and that's like totally the deal right Mm -hmm. is um so like i said to you pre-podcast uh, that's how, you know, so those are my markers that I'm even moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause, Cause like I can create a pretty decent holding pattern that can only be disrupted by, you know, random catastrophic events <laughs> Volcanoes. Because, because you can't like predict any of those anyway. Uh-huh. Um, but I could just, you know, work in tech slowly, you know, accruing more skill or more stability for the next 40 years. Forever. Uh, and 
And I would never see the marker. I would never see the marker of crap. I took that risk and then I lost this job. um, And so like part of the courageous path of growing and reaching potential, the the unsung hero of that is gaining more um, resilience towards fear and discomfort. And Mm -hmm. like you're, you're, you're building a, a back, like a backbone, you're, you're building courage in there. Um, the skill set. And, and there, and there's nothing of that that's, uh, that's going to be warm and fo- like cozy. Comfortable. It's definitely uncomfortable. Yes. It's the same as when we were talking about, um, cause you and I have both done like emotional work. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause, cause there's like certain parts of the emotional spectrum that we need to like lean into more that's like really challenging or very foreign uh-huh. so things like practicing being sad mm-hmm. by its nature. So this is actually an easier example of personal growth, right? Cause it's just like courage. It's like, shut up, dad. But it's like, yeah, courage feels like ass. Can I tell you? Cause that's what I'm having to grab now. And it feels like ass. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it, it might be easier to articulate. Like when you're practicing the ability to just let yourself be sad, mm-hmm. you're already bought into that. It's going to be sad. Mm. Like, like it, it's on the, it's on the negative air quotes, like crazy lister yeah. <laughs> uh, si- side of the emotional spectrum, mm-hmm. but you know, cause that's what you're practicing. Like for me, mostly in this time of my life, it's like, I still, my capacity to be angry is like <laughs> nearly non-existent. So, <laughs> um, which dear listener is something I don't actually like. Uh, it, it is actually, it, it reveals itself as a deficiency in some situations. Note to self, piss Dan off in the near future. Yeah, try me. <laughs> uh, so like, but leaning into it, being like, oh man, I'm really like feeling defensive right now. And I'm feeling like some fire here that I'm just going to bite and not do it. And instead just be like, no, like this is the moment. Right. Like let's, let's allow me to feel as much as I'm capable of, of feeling this anger. Right. Uh, and to me, that sucks. Like, there's no part of that where I'm like, oh, anger is this amazing emotion and I feel so empowered now. And yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I feel like a monster. This is horrible. I feel like a monster. And yet I'm like bought in mm-hmm. because, because I've decided. Because anticipated it ahead of time. Right. So knowing these lulls, the unlearning process is simply a marker of I'm out of the holding pattern. I'm obviously learning something. I'm obviously leveling up somehow. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Total side note, I'm actually not very good at getting angry either. And I decided to practice this skill. (laughs) Sweet. And I got to practice it with my husband and it was a complete disaster. (laughs) And I gave him zero context. So he thought I was losing my mind. (laughs) So we went on this walk to have this, you know, really quiet argument with each other. And I went into this really bizarre, super sarcastic place where I was just like, would you like a trophy? You want me to put that next to your other trophy? And he just kept looking at me like I'd lost my mind. <laughs> and I ended up running away from him, flipping him off about 50 different ways, jumping in the air and trying to keep it like so ridiculous that it was funny. But it actually felt really good to get angry in an argument, even though after the fact, <laughs> I was like, who was that person? I don't even know who that was to actually show up in a space. And <laughs> well, then you had to deal with like the vulnerability hangover and all that regular stuff. Yeah, I did. I had a vulnerability hangover and I told him after the fact what I was doing and he just about died laughing. Was, <laughs> oh, it makes so much more sense. Now. 
<laughs> Note to self, keep your partner in the loop when trying emotional experiments. <laughs> <laughs> so that might be the most valuable tip in this entire episode. <laughs> it definitely felt like the wheels were falling off, though. <laughs> this does not feel like I'm progressing. I do not feel evolved in this space. I feel like I'm about maybe 12. Like <laughs> Yeah, you should try it, Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said confidently into the microphone. <laughs> I should. That is the responsible thing to do. That's the responsible thing to uh, do. <laughs> it, is, it is, it's even more than just like on my list because I'm still, um, I, there's parts of my life that have uh, really like stabilized and solidified for me. Mm-hmm. including doing this and having like a, a little bit more of a creative vision. And that feels like it gives me leverage to like break, break other parts of my life uh, and like be more playful in them or practice mm-hmm. stuff. Like, cause playful to me doesn't actually necessarily always mean fun. Playful means not taking stuff so seriously. So mm, but it's like, um, oh, I've read all these books on communication and I know how to diffuse all the garbage and, you know, stay present and do the thing and fight or flight and don't engage with that. The thing is, when my life is relatively more stable, uh, sometimes I want to be able to be like, oh, this is fight or flight. I'm going to fucking punch that guy. <laughs> like, like, and lean into, like, mm-hmm. let, let, it, let it roll further. Because, mm-hmm. like, um, regardless if the Enneagram is true or not, <laughs> as a five... <laughs> Uh, we'll link a test in the notes. Don't I, worry. About I've it. I've noticed my capacity to very very decouple from emotion. Mm, um, extremely so if you're an Enneagram Five. Yeah. So, like, as soon as I started doing presence work, and then I could catch fight or flight, mm-hmm. which is like, oh, just swallow that, and just like stay you. Swallow and, how? Like, is that actually re- just a different way of repressing emotion? Uh probably. <laughs> probably like, like okay. fives are known to repress emotions right, right. uh i i count to 10 in my head and i picture um unhooking fish hooks Interesting. And, and then i and then i can go to a neutral space it's really really easy mm-hmm. um and so when i when i catch myself in firefly which isn't always but then i just like do the thing and then it's just like breathe out and then i am me you're you me whatever that means yeah uh, <laughs> more me less me um i want i actually want to go back and ask you to explain because you kind of like glossed over it like boom done but it seems like a really interesting concept that um the playful and fun doesn't always mean like you can go to scary places and keep it playful even though it's not like yay streamers and butterflies like, what did you mean by that? So in my head, there are two ways of looking at experimentation. One that mm-hmm. I buy into more and one that I think is legit, but I don't buy into in my practical life. So the traditional one that everyone would be used to and probably thinks of when you think of experimentation is like science. <laughs> uh, so like te- treating your life like a laboratory, mm-hmm. right? Like expose yourself to this situation. What was the outcome? Record it make adjustments, you know, have a hypothesis, walk in, test it, do the thing, get the feedback, right? And you could just iterate. You could test iterate. Um, and I mean, it happens in tech. That's why I use the phrase test iterate, because that's not really a science thing, but whatever. Yeah, the um, feedback loop. I think most people know the feedback loop, whether right. it's from marketing or science or... And I've never really been able to like, I've tried, I've said to you over 
the years. <laughs> like, lifestyle laboratory! But I can never, like, buy into it wholly as a lifestyle. Uh, but what I can buy into is treating my life more like a playground. So, um, you're out there, and, like, some things are cool, and you know you love them, like, you love going down the slide or whatever. Uh, and there's, like, new people and new experiences. But then... You can also like break the system or you can try new stuff or you can do what your parents told you not to do. And you can like try to climb on the top of the monkey bars or you can like, there's all this, like the world is meant to be experimented on as in you should be um, applied knowledge in motion. Mm -hmm. And that's how I see children. Like they learn how to play games. They learn how to um, use a swing set. They learn how to do this stuff. And then you're like, Hey, I just taught, you know, Jill how to swing. And now she's like on her stomach on the thing and like twirling around. And you're just like, that's not what I tired to do. <laughs> right. But they're like, cool. There's this thing stuck to chains. Let's just do whatever. Um, and I, I, I like embracing that a whole lot more because um, it, it has this adventurous feeling. So adventure to me doesn't have to be fun. Play to me doesn't have to be fun it's that mix of like the new and the risky um, and it's like exhilarating. So that's why I try to draw it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be scary. Like when, when you deep, when you allow yourself to like dip into an attempt to understand like anger or sadness or something, mm-hmm. you know what you're getting into, like in part, you felt set before. Uh-huh. So it's like, and yet you can go there as an explorer. Uh-huh. You, can, you can go there and be like, with with eyes of wonder you know we we talk about seeing the world in that way like and 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 just wanting to like uh not just enjoy but just like appreciate the components of it mm-hmm. and so and so that's where i like like i i love fun like the goal of this podcast was to take personal growth less seriously and like have some fun while talking about topics like this uh-huh. uh and yet you can't always have like fun 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 capital f fun you're not always grinning from ear to ear and, right. and like, you know, having a blast. Yeah, that's really interesting. I really buy into the laboratory idea, obviously. Um, and I like that space because it's calm and it's calculated. Sure. And I think that's exactly what I didn't do when I was experiencing anger with, with my husband. Like, I was like, let me just like try to keep this playful enough that he knows that I don't really mean the things falling out of my mouth. <laughs> but... <laughs> Let me see if I can just actually allow myself to be angry. Because I tend to be uh, the calm one forever. Like, I'm just, like, really super calm, and I'm talking everybody down, and I'm coaching everybody else through their emotions, and, like, I'm not experiencing any of them. Maybe it's very similar to your uncoupling experience, but it felt very much like I was just throwing spaghetti against the wall and really trusting him to... (laughs) Which is which is amazing. We did people yeah. in our life like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like just trusting him to be okay <laughs> on the other side of this, not a lab coat calculated <laughs> experiment at all. Like it was not a plan. Yeah. So in university, when I was younger, I've told this before, but not on air, I don't think. Like I was that person at university. Mm-hmm. So everyone would be like panicking about midterms and exams. And I'd be like the, the calm one. Yeah, me too. Uh, where it's just like, it's cool. A, put the textbook away in the hallway there's a half an hour left or there's 15 minutes before we go in. Like there's no time. Like yeah. you are amping up your anxiety. The anxiety is going to kill you. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, as in, you're going to be much more sporadic mm -hmm. when you're thinking. Like, because, and so that was when the decoupling served me best was university, because university is like high stress. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was known as the person who was like always calm. And that was before I started doing like seminar work and working in personal growth. And there's a certain part of me that like saw some of that at that time as a deficit. Like too much decoupling, too much calmness, too much not experiencing the thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I've tried to like make peace with both sides now. Yeah, it's or, definitely a push-pull between those two. Yeah. So I, th I think we've had similar uh, currents in our life in that regard. Mm -hmm. So when the wheels are falling off in life and you're like, what good is this personal growth doing? You could panic, like it's the beginning of a final. You could start spinning out and, you know, what's happening? Or you can just experience the emotions that are there. And that doesn't mean they're going to be super, like, amazingly pleasant. But if you're just willing to go to that place and, and maybe, like Dan's suggesting from that kind of playful, well, let's see what happens. This is just part of my emotional experience as a human. Okay. Um, and not making it mean that you're backsliding or that you failed or and not trying to cram more stuff in there because like you said that anxiety just isn't going to serve you because I could totally shut down right now and right. I see myself wanting to do that it's an old script that I have right oh no I could just I could just read a whole bunch of smut for the next two weeks and check out and then I don't right. have to do anything or like you're suggesting I could actually have fun in this space I think the idea of convincing yourself you're backsliding when a bad thing happens in your life mm -hmm. is I, I am so viscerally against that. <laughs> uh, Cause like, here's the truth of the matter, ladies and gentlemen, the people who are backsliding aren't thinking about the new and cool stuff they're engaging with and having a panic attack. Like, it's usually the people that are in, like, really, really chill holding patterns. Uh, and they're not like, I'm backsliding. Mm -hmm. they're, they're just like, this is how it is. This is how it will always be. So, mm -hmm. so my question to you would be, are you sitting there thinking, I'm trapped in this horrible moment forever? No. What you're thinking is like, oh, my goodness, my life went from wonderful to disaster. That's great. That's an active place to be. Mm -hmm. Like, you're very alive and present in that moment. Right. And that's all I wish for people. I, I just want people to be like, um, uh, like living actors in their lives. That's all. Right. So, so. what we're pitching you, dear listeners, <laughs> <laughs> is a life of safety and calm and comfort and a holding pattern where only the occasional catastrophe throws you off. I, I, or, can, we take, can we take that as a soundbite and just put it at the beginning of the podcast? <laughs> sure. <laughs> or pandemonium, panic, disaster, and actually being alive. <laughs> it's so great, though. <laughs> well, you know, uh, when you sit down, when they always do these studies with elderly people, like, what do you regret? They always regret the things they didn't do. They always re regret the risks they didn't take. They regret playing it safe. Which you would think is like, I always used to think the first time I heard that, like some novel cliche trying to get people in motion or whatever. Right. But it's way too consistent. Right. It's the like, little... like, like after I heard it like the 10,000th time, mm -hmm. I was like, shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> it can't just be folklore after that, right? Like, right. like you're just like, oh no, that's probably, that's probably a legitimate part of the human experience. Like that, mm -hmm. 
that seems backed up to me, right? Mm -hmm. So I started taking it a whole lot more seriously of just like, oh, like, Mm -hmm. it's not just some, some folklore to get the youth to be more whatever. Like, it's just, it's, just do it like some sort of tagline yeah like it's, product the, the truth of the matter is that like you there are moments where you maybe wish you engaged more mm-hmm. i think we'll always have those right and so there, it's just an encouragement to be like maybe engage with more of them like mm-hmm. not all of them that would be nuts i'm not even sure how you would construct a person that was like that i'm not even sure it'd be a good space to be in right Um, Yeah, I think you actually need to choose. Like, once you start saying yes, you have to start getting picky. Yeah. Because you can't say yes to everything. In order for your life to be what you want it to be, like the potency, the thing that you want in this, you know, strength, I guess, potency is probably a better word. You have to say no to all the things that you're only sort of interested in. Like, you have to say no to the good things. You're going to have to start, if you start leveling up, you're going to start attracting those kinds of opportunities. Believe it or not, right. it will start coming to you and you're going to have to start saying no. And that's going to be your new like leveling up. Oh my God, they want me at this thing. And now I have to say no. Well, that's uncomfortable. I like saying yes and making everybody happy. So that would be the new, <laughs> right? like the wheels are falling off. So it's always perpetually. Life can be such a grand adventure. <laughs> I agree. So like you said, like a player in your life, what story are you writing? Arrive at the end, like you've played all your chips. You don't want a whole bunch of money in your pockets when you're checking out. Yeah, that's one of my favorite ideologies about like Me too. finishing life well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always have like a, a riskier view in my head of it. Of just like, <laughs> get to the end of your life just totally spent. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so not just like, not just stick the landing. Mm-hmm. like even if you have to like crash land just like right bail it like put, leave everything just like there yeah um it's tough but yeah i think it's worth it i think so and i think if you've ever run a race or done anything physical i don't know if you've had this experience whenever uh, i finish a race sorry you should swim <laughs> like oh, if true. i have yes, a whole bunch of energy left i always know that i left something on the table i could have had a faster time if I'm not like almost dry heaving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was the, one of the greatest things about, I set some goals around swimming like three mm-hmm. or four years ago, five years ago. And uh, to reach that goal, cause it was actually a stretch in the amount of time I gave myself. I quite literally like only stopped swimming laps when I thought I was going to drown. <laughs> um, as in like, I touched the sidewall and I'm just like, if I do that again, I'm actually going to like sink in the middle. Um, <laughs> And when I, like, got out of the pool, it was such, like, this amazing feeling. Like, uh-huh. I was like, shit, I don't even want to walk to the locker room. Like, every part of me was sore. It was awesome. And then, you know, you're in a, you're in a pool. Like, the oh. thing about pools is, like, then you go to the sauna or you go to the hot tub. And it's, like, so the, the feedback loops are actually nice. So, yeah, totally. I How it. great is that break when you've earned it like that, though? Like, you yeah. could hop into the sauna right away or the hot tub right away. And we do that in life all the time. Yeah. I'm just going to reward myself now. But if you're like living the shit out of your life and then you have this break, it is so good. (laughs) So good. And you can just be so proud of yourself in that space. It doesn't matter if the world's giving you a gold star or a trophy or something, you know, and that's all that matters. So dear listener, swim until you feel like you're drowning. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's what life guys are for. Yeah, that's what life guys are (laughs) for. That's that's is what that, life coaches are for. Is that, is that what our moral <laughs> is? Did we do it? But I'm pumped. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on podcast yeah. number eleven. <laughs> yeah.
Thanks for loving. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>